Well, welcome everyone to the last in our series on the seven deadly sins. Today, envy. You know, I was trying to think of a time when I was guilty of this sin and was feeling rather self-righteous because I couldn't think of one. And then I turned on the TV this week to see the Sydneyites at cafes and hairdressers. That was it. I sinned. But we've left the really nasty one till last. Definition of envy. An insatiable desire for what someone has and resenting them for having it. A desire to deprive your neighbour of what they have that you want. Whoa. Why do I call this the nastiest one? Well, in all the other sins, to be honest, there can be some sinful enjoyment, like pride, I can, I can feel good about myself. Greed, I can enjoy hoarding my possessions. Sloth, who doesn't like procrastinating and being lazy? Gluttony, well, yum. Lust, well, that one's self-explanatory. But envy, there is no upside to it. There is not even a sinful satisfaction in it. It's just cancerous and insidious and nasty. What does it look like? It's often fueled by social media where people post the highlight reels of their life, but not the truth. Now, just a sidebar story here. I was sincerely admiring the life and achievements of one of my friends that she was documenting frequently on Facebook. And when I chatted with her face to face, I said, I'm so glad life is working out for you. She just groaned, Marcy, you have no idea, and proceeded to list all the things that were broken in her world. But envy is not admiring the lives of others. It is having a severe case of the how comes. How come they're on holiday again? I own more and I can't afford it. How come she is pregnant again and I'm still struggling? God knows how much I want a baby. How come he gets a score like that in his exams? He plays basketball all day while I work my butt off and I don't come anywhere near his success. We are sad, angry, frustrated that something good is happening to someone else and we cannot share their joy. Now that's just messed up. When we recognise this tendency in ourselves, we know it's not of God. We are stuck in this cycle of comparison and comparison will kill your soul. Now, I'm not talking about positive comparison here. I'm an amateur painter, like very amateur. And when I compare my work with other artists, I could get bitter and twisted that I don't have their talent or... I can just be inspired to get better. Now, that is positive comparison, not the dark sin of envy where we compare ourselves with others and start to resent them. Aristotle said that envy is the pain caused by the good fortune of others. Here's a quote from the philosopher Immanuel Kant. He said, Envy is a reluctance to see our own well-being overshadowed by others. The standard we use to see how well-off we are is not the intrinsic worth of our own well-being, but just how it compares with others. That 
other famous philosopher, Jad's grandmother, that's me, says it like this. Jad was perfectly happy with this until he saw this. Well, what does the Bible have to say about envy? Envy is not necessarily caused by lack in our life because in the origin stories in Genesis, we read that Adam and Eve had everything they could ever need and yet they were envious of God's power and ate from the tree they were told not to. Sin entered the world and we all know where that leads us. The first murder in the Bible when Cain killed his brother Abel was caused by envy. Number 10 of the Ten Commandments, which is God's wisdom on how to thrive as a human being, says that you must, must not covet, that's be envious and desire anything that belongs to another. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Galatia, said this, The behaviour of this self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favoured. That's envy. Temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, envy comes up again, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties and all other similar behaviour. Now this is just one of the lists in the New Testament of what human behaviour looks like when we are living for ourselves, when we are not allowing Jesus to sculpt us into his image. And why is envy so not of God? Because there is no love in it. The famous passage on love in 1 Corinthians 13, you would have heard at many weddings. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. What is the essence of Christ living in us? It's love, to love God and to love our neighbour. And to love is to will the good of another person. So envy and love just cannot coexist. If you find yourself caught in this mindset, it's going to mess you up. It's going to steal some things that are precious to you. Now, firstly, envy will steal your joy. When you're caught in this cycle of comparison, you won't be able to enjoy what you have because it will never be as good as what someone else has. It will never be what you think you truly deserve. It's a lonely sin because it just focuses on self-pity. Secondly, envy will steal your here and now. You will be so busy re regretting your past or dreaming about a better future or envying someone else's success that you won't be able to fully be fully present to the now. We won't be able to appreciate what we have now and we will miss the beauty of what God is doing in our lives now. And thirdly, envy will steal your self-worth. Constantly comparing yourselves to others will drag you down. The rich guy says, I've done well, but my marriage is not great. 
I really envy the relationship that that loving couple over there have. The loving couple says, we are grateful for each other, but what we really want is kids like that family over there. How we envy them. The couple with the kids say, we love our kids, but we can't help dreaming about how much further along we would be in our careers and our wealth if we hadn't had them. We envy the rich guy over there. Can you see there's just this dark circle of envious comparison and it will rob you of your sense of self-worth? So let's talk about the core issue. There is always a sneaky satanic lie behind every sin. It's like a parasitic worm that drills into your soul and brings disease or dis-ease. And here's what it looks like. Have you ever in your quiet, solitary moments admitted something like this to yourself? I reckon I was dealt a bad hand by God. When he handed out looks, intelligence, talent, I was at the end of the line. We probably believe that God loves us, but we don't believe that what he gives us in life is enough. That's a powerful word, enough. We don't believe that God has given us enough talent, enough popularity, success, money, prestige, health, opportunities. Someone's hand of cards is always a better one than ours. We struggle to believe that God knows what is best for us. We struggle to believe that God is for us. We struggle to believe that God will give us everything that we need to accomplish everything that he's calling us to do. We struggle to believe that what God has given us is enough. We struggle to believe Jesus when he talks about the beauty of the lilies in the field. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality. God initiative, God provisions, don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. So what's the answer? How do we kill this nasty worm of envy in our souls? Well, we have to plant the seeds of contentment in our lives. To start with, we have to celebrate 
ourselves. We have to celebrate what God has actually given to you. You have many talents, many abilities that God's given to you. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Your abilities are not as great as some others, but they're better than some others. They are enough, especially if you choose to plant them and grow them and develop them. Contentment says, I know that God loves me so much that I don't need to be envious of anyone else. I am loved unconditionally. I have everything I need to fulfill his calling on my life. I'm not the best looking, the wealthiest, the most talented, the most successful, the most popular, but I am a beloved child of God. As well as celebrating yourself, you need to learn to celebrate others. Plant this seed. Champion others sincerely. They are also wonderfully made. Let yourself feel joy when good things happen to others. How? Well, when your soul gets overwhelmed by the beauty and grace of God in Jesus Christ, you will stop being envious of others. Because you know what God has called you to. When you walk with Jesus, kindness just starts to overflow out of you. A desire for good things to happen to others. You will want to pray for God's goodness to pour out on others, even if you don't benefit as well. And the third seed that we plant for contentment is to remember what Jesus did for you. It says in the scriptures, think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that a crucifixion. Had you ever thought, had you ever thought about what Jesus had in heaven before he came to earth? He had everything. All glory, all power, all authority, all joy. And he gave it all up to be with us. Jesus gave up everything that we might be envious to possess in order that we would have no reason to be envious of anyone or anything because we already have everything that we need in him. He 
is enough. The seeds of contentment and gratitude will yield a harvest of joy and peace in your life. Just like this beautiful plant here. And it will be a harvest that the nasty worm of envy cannot, will not destroy. So to finish our series on the deadly sins that God wants to eliminate from your life so that you can flourish and be a light for good in this broken world, I wanted to spend an extended time of Selah. First, to hear the song that Michael sang again, the song of confession, the song that admits that we have failed to, to be the image bearers of God that we have been called to be. The song that acknowledges beyond doubt that God's mercy and forgiveness covers over our failing and calls us to pick ourselves up, take his hand and walk forward again. And then I want you to enjoy a beautiful video called Gratitude, which is narrated by a Catholic priest who calls us to remember the extraordinary blessings that God surrounds us with every day. He has given us all that we need. We have enough. Jesus is enough. And I am so grateful. Selah.